Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, no doubt you've asked this question before. What does God want me to do? What, what does he want me to do? What is he asking of me? You know, for a lot of followers of Jesus, we actually care and we want to know what God would want us to do. As a follower of Jesus, we want to be obedient to him. And after all, we want to be in the will of God and we want to obey him. Plus, if you don't know what God wants from you, then, you know, we tend to walk around aimlessly. We tend to walk around not really understanding, not really knowing, trying to seek out purpose and trying to understand what God is calling us to do. You might feel that if you know what God is calling you to do and you go and do it, then you're going to feel accomplished. But throughout this series, we want to try to answer the question, what is God's will for my life? And what is the direction that he would want for me to choose? But I want to be completely honest with you guys as we begin this here. This is still a question that I ask all the time. This is a question that I, I ask God pretty much daily. Like, God, what do you want for me to do? What are you calling me to do? I, too, I want to make sure that I'm smack dab in the middle of God's will for my life. Don't you guys want that? I want it so bad. I just want to be like whatever God wants me to do and whatever he wants me to be, that's what I want to be. And so I'm always asking God, this is like a daily prayer for me. You know, the whole journey to planting a church, you know, came from a desire to do what I really felt God was calling me to do. The only reason why Swerve Church exists and why we're doing this, it's only because I really felt strongly from God that this was what he was calling me to do. Otherwise, man, I would probably be home right now like watching YouTube videos, you know, with my feet up. And if it wasn't apart from really hearing from God, and really knowing that this is what he was calling me to do, and I just wouldn't have done it. You know, I really felt that that's what God was calling me to do. And while, you know, honestly, we never know the outcome of pursuing a particular vision, right? We just never know what's the outcome. But I knew that God was leading me in this direction. As I said that sentence, you know who popped into my head? Stephen from the New Testament. You guys remember Stephen from the New Testament? He said, God, I want to do whatever you call me to do. You guys know where that led him, right? It was a pretty short-lived ministry, right? It wasn't too long of a ministry. He was stoned. He was, he, was, he was killed. He was martyred for his faith. And all this is important, right? Because the decisions that we make today truly have ramifications for what happens tomorrow. You know, it all matters. Every single thing matters. What happens, you know, it has huge ramifications for tomorrow. The decisions you make today determine the stories of success that we will share or the stories of failure, or the stories of biggest and deepest regrets. So your decisions very much matter, every decision that we make. And as I share all of this, I'm pretty sure that there's some thoughts that are popping right into your mind right now, as I said it. Some prayers that you've been asking God for, some decisions that you have had to make or that you've made in the past. Maybe some decisions like, should I buy this car? Is this the car that God wants me to buy? Or, or maybe you've asked, if you're single, you know, should I date this person? Should we get married? Should, should we break up, right? These are the questions that we ask. If you're married, you say, should I murder my spouse or should I put up with them for another year? You know, should I accept this promotion at, at the new job or this new job offer? Should I start that business? Should I, should I go all entrepreneurial? You know, should I do that? Should I go into full-time ministry? Should I quit my job and just, like, try to, do something for the glory of God and just ministry? Should I go the bivocational route? And on and on it goes, right? Literally, just tons of questions that you can ask yourself. But no doubt you've asked the question, you know, what would God have me do? 
pretty sure. It's a question that we all ask. But I'm going to make an argument. This is my argument is this, that God is not as concerned with what we do as he is with who. Let's talk about what God cares about. If you're taking notes, I, love, I would love if you guys would just follow along, open it up there. And this is one of the first fill in the blanks right there. This is what God cares about. God cares about who you are becoming before what you do. God cares about who you are becoming before what you do. You guys see the first verse that we have there is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. And it says this. What's God's will? I want to know. What's God's will for my life? What's God's will? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says this. God's will is for you to be holy. That's God's will for your life. And the, the word holy comes from a Greek word that's actually pronounced like this. Hagiasmos. This is the word there. I don't know Greek. I looked this up just to make sure so that we can understand. Here's what this means. Hagiasmo or, or holy means the process of making or becoming holy. Making or becoming holy. And it means to be set apart. It means to be set apart. You can also use words like sanctification and consecration. And basically, it's the idea that God is concerned with the transformation that's taking place. You know, the word holy in this passage speaks of the believer being progressively transformed by the Lord into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. You know, God is first and foremost concerned with your holiness. So when you're talking about, man, what is God's will for my life? What is he calling me to do? He's first and foremost, he's concerned with who you are becoming before what it is that you're actually doing. You know, that every day you may be made more and more and more and more into the image of Jesus. And the Bible never speaks directly into what it is you should actually do. The Bible doesn't say you should do this, you should do that as far as what is God's will for your life. It doesn't say, you know, you know, God's will is for you to follow this career. But God's will is for you to study in this school. The Bible never says that. But the Bible is very clear and, and, it's, and, it's very, and there's a very compelling call to be like Christ, to be like Jesus. So we go around asking the question, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? And what we should be asking is, who does God want me to become? Who does God want me to become? And this is because God is more concerned with who you are becoming than what you are doing. And so for me personally, is it God's will for me to pastor? Is it God's will for me to plant a church? Is that the primary question? Or is that actually the secondary question? More than being a church planter, more than being you know, a missionary or whatever, God's will for me is to be holy. And likewise, it is for you. Before you're calling to service, before you're calling to ministry, or you're calling to work, or whatever it is, it is God's will for you to be holy. God's will is more about who you are becoming than what you do. Here's the second thing that God cares about. Number two, if you're taking notes, is this. It's the why before what. God cares about the why before what. And when we talk about why, we're talking about our motives, right? We're talking about our motives. Motives are the reasons behind why you do something. In fact, look at what Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2 says. It says this. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines what? He examines their motives. That's right. 
He examines their motives. And if you remember, throughout the New Testament, Jesus would call out the religious leaders all the time. He would simply call out the religious leaders all the time for practicing the religious acts in public just so that they could be noticed by everybody. And when they used to throw change into the offering plate, they would make sure that it would jingle and make a lot of noise so they can see, wow, look how righteous I am because of all the money that I'm putting in this plate. They would stand on the corner, they would beat their breasts, and they would cry to God these, these long, lengthy religious prayers just so that everybody can look at them and say, wow, how religious, how close to God, how devoted they must be. Even the way they dressed was an expression of how close, quote unquote, they were to God. But motives matter to Jesus. They matter to God. There are even examples of this throughout the Old Testament. Think about when the prophet went to anoint the next king. When the prophet went to anoint the next king, he went to the sons of Jesse. And he saw all these big, handsome, good-looking, strong guys. And he said, surely this is going to be the next king. And then this God would tell him, no. And he would go to the next good-looking, tall guy. Surely it's this one. Little did he know that God was looking at the lowly shepherd servant that was in the back that nobody else paid attention to. That's who God was looking at. Why? Because he was looking at his heart. Because motives matter. Right, look at Psalm 139. And we're going to read two verses here. We're going to read verse 1 and verse 23. Look what it says. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See, God knows your heart. He knows your motives. And here the psalmist, the same guy, the same shepherd boy, by the way, is the one that says, search me, God, know my thoughts, know my heart. But David knew that motives matter. And this is why he prayed this prayer. You know, what a prayer for us to pray. Can you, can you guys imagine praying that? Can you pray that? Search me, oh God. You know my heart, oh God. Search my motives. It's equivalent to saying, God, look at my heart. Remove my selfish ambitions. Remove the wrong motives. Make my motives pure. So many times our prayers and our asking of God is, what is your will? What is your will? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Is it this? Is it that? Is it the other? But you can't get to the right place when you start with the wrong motives. So why? Why? What are the motives? What are the motives? You won't do the right what if you are driven by the wrong why. You won't do the right what if you're driven by the wrong why. So the big question to ask yourself today, and I mentioned this a lot of times in a lot of the conversations I have with people, when they ask me questions about this, the question is why? Why do you want to do that? Why do you feel God is calling you to that? That's the question. Should I buy this car? Why? Why should you buy that car? Is it because you need a mode of transportation? Because it is well within your budget to be able to afford it? Is it something that you really need to be used? Or is it because your next door neighbor got the same type of car and you want to get the better model to show off or, or whatever to, so that people can look at you and say, wow, this person has a great looking car? Motives. Motives matter. Should I jump on this job offer? Why? Ask yourself the question why. When you ask yourself that question, it's going to reveal to you your motives. Should I quit this job to pursue a dream? Why? Why? So I had to seriously wrestle with this question myself. If 
God, but I'm completely honest with you guys. As we went out to plant this church, and I really had to wrestle with this question. I felt this burden to plant a new life-giving gospel-centered church right here in my neighborhood, in the neighborhood of Bushwick. And I asked a lot, God, is this you? Is this what you're calling me to, God? Is this what you want? Are you calling me to this? But I really had to wrestle with this question. Why? Why? Was it? Because if, if, if the motives were wrong, then we were doing it for the wrong reason. Is it because of frustration? Was it out of frustration because of previous church experiences? Was it because I felt I could do church way better than all the other churches in the neighborhood? Is it because my way is way better than everyone else's? Is it because I want the limelight and I want everybody to look at me and I want to be heard and I want a platform? Is it, is it because of that? Is it because I want authority? I came out of, you know, is it because I came out of traditional churches and, and you know, everybody everybody wanted to be a pastor and everybody wanted to, to long to be ordained or whatever. Is that the motive? Is that why I want to do this? Or is it because, and we're talking about me here personally, is it because I heard from God and I wanted to submit to my heavenly master? Is it because I wanted to walk in obedience? Is it because we wanted to plant the church with the healthy gospel and missional presence in this neighborhood? Is it because we want to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ? Was it to co-labor with all my other brothers and sisters and leaders and churches in this neighborhood and ministries that have gone ahead of us to partner with them in reaching more people for Christ? Can you guys see why motives are so important? Can you see why the answer to that question, why, is so important? Because motives matter. In fact, look at what Colossians 3 verse 17 says. It says this, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, Wherever you are, serve Jesus there. If it's behind a cubicle, serve Jesus there. If it's holding a mop, serve Jesus there. Is it with your nose in a book, you know, preparing and studying for that next exam? Serve Jesus there. On a train without a car, serve Jesus there. Behind the wheel of a hoopty, serve Jesus there. If you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. If, if you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. And I know everybody is asking the question, what do I do, God? What do I do? You need to focus on is becoming the right who. So how, how are you becoming the right who? Remember, he calls you to be holy. Holy means to be set apart. It means this. It means that we're seeking God first above all else. You guys know that verse, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Does Jesus have first place in your life? Am I hearing, am I hearing from God daily as I read his word? Am I making God's word a daily priority? Am I talking to God regularly through prayer? Am I being held accountable and partaking with the family of God through the local church? I'm saying no more and more to sin and saying yes to more and more to the things that honor God. Are these the things that, we, that we're practicing? Are we becoming the right who? Once we become the right who, God will help us find the right who. And if you're driven by the right why, God will lead you to the right what. 
If you're driven by the right why, God will lead you to the right what. So once again, what are your motives? What is the reason why? Search me, O oh God. Cry out to God. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Here's some questions to ask you guys to help you determine the why. Will this decision draw me closer to God or pull me further away? This thing, this inkling, this, this impression that I feel in God's heart, will this decision draw me closer to God or is it going to pull me further away? Will this make me more like Christ? Am I choosing this out of selfish and simple ambition, out of jealousy, out of covetedness, or to harm others? What are my motives? What are your motives? Now, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, then I just want to share what God's will is for your life. Because this is the first thing that you need to know. It's this, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this, God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. This is what God's will is for you. God's will is for you not to perish, but to repent. And the Bible shows us that we are truly sinful. And there's not one inherently good person. In fact, we're all born with a very serious sin issue that separates us from God. So if you're here today without a relationship with Jesus, then God's will for you is this first. is to repent. It's to cry out to God. It's to make Jesus Lord and Savior. Because God in his great love for us loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ to come to live the life we couldn't live and to die the death that we deserve. To be hung on a cross so that we can be forgiven of our sin. Make no mistake, our sin is very costly. And it costs the cost price Jesus Christ. God's will begins with making Jesus your Lord and Savior today. Here's the next step for everybody. If you guys take out that connection card, you got in, we're wrapping up now. If you just take out that connection card, flip it to the back, there's a next step that we can all take today. I would love if you can pray through and read Psalm 139.23. If you check that off and you drop it in the offering buckets there on the table, this week we'll be praying for you guys as you take this next step. Pray through Psalm 139.23, which says, Search my heart, O God, and know my thoughts. And ask God this week to make us the right who, and so that we can be driven by the right one. Guys, real quick, we all ask the question, God, what are you calling me to do? God is more concerned with who you are becoming than what you are to be. If we're becoming the right person, that God is calling us to be living a life of holy, seeking after God, then the right do is going to come. Good come right now. You guys join me in this prayer? I thank you so much, Lord, for this day. Your love, mercy, blessings, Lord. It's such a beautiful day outside. I thank you, God, that we can come here for a little while to open up your word and to study from your word, God. I just pray, Lord, help us to become the right person that you called us to be. Help us to live out that passage from First Thessalonians, that your will, O oh God, is for us to be holy. Help us, God, every day, a little bit, to become a little bit more like Jesus daily. To say no to sin, to say yes to to say yes to you, Lord, in the Holy Spirit, and to say yes, God, to following you, Lord, every day a little bit more. God, I know so many of us, Lord, we're looking for your divine direction. We're looking, God, for you to give us the what to do, God. I just pray, God, that we would begin by becoming the right people. Bring you all the glory, all the honor, in Jesus' name.